It's DTS 150, and we're buzzing with excitement over the Destiny 2 reveal event. So much to talk about today and a special guest. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everybody, and welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny news podcast to keep you, the Guardian, ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I'm BBK Dragoon, joined as always by my great co-host Diddy. This week is huge, man. So pumped. We did it. We made it. Yes. We made it. All of you. We know things about Destiny 2 now, finally. And just want to point out that uh, concept art for Destiny 2 that we were told was fake or didn't make the cut. 100% 100% real. It was real, baby. They're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Quick, make it seem like it was spoofed. Photoshop, Photoshop. <laughs> all right, so today's show is massive. I mean, it's huge. We get to talk about all of the stuff that we learned from the Destiny 2 reveal, some of the information that came out afterwards. We have on the show today The Reachway, an awesome Halo and Destiny YouTuber who was at the event playing the game, and I got to sit down and talk with him about his first impressions, what it actually felt to play the game, and get an inside scoop on kind of what it was like on the show floor. That's going to come up a little bit later in today's program, but Diddy, there's like way too much to cover in a single show, so we're going to hit as much of the points that really stood out to us that we think resonate with our listeners, and then over the next few weeks, man, it's here. The cascade of information is going to continue. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to do like a very big general overview of a lot of things, going into detail on some things. The next couple shows, we might learn some more information about Destiny 2 in the next coming weeks. We will absolutely cover those as well. Yes, so why don't we just hop right into the news? So, Diddy, a quick rundown of the event, and then we're going to talk about PvE and PvP changes, new stuff, additional features, specifically going through each of the high points. But the event had over 400,000 people watching on Twitch.tv, so many that it actually broke the players. Some, some like server hops like you couldn't actually see like the first 30 minutes of the stream, right? <laughs> yeah, for the first, uh, I would say 15 or 20 minutes, I was struggling with my web browser to get the stream to load because about 10 minutes before the show, I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get my lunch, get ready, take my laptop into an office because I was at work, and I'm going to watch this. And so I shut the laptop, it went to sleep, and I opened it back up couldn't watch the stream and I struggled with it for 15 minutes. I finally just gave up and like drove across the street to uh, just somewhere and watched it on my phone. But I did rewatch the whole thing <laughs> a little bit later that day and man, it's awesome. It's so great that let, let's let's just take a second to appreciate the fact that we would usually see this type of reveal at E3 in a 10 minute video cinematic or whatever. Bungie actually did a whole event <laughs> just for themselves to announce their game or reveal their the details of their game. And we got a lot of information in a single day that I think we wouldn't have got if it was at somewhere like E3. Yes, so a lot of cinematics, a lot of gameplay, different Vidocs, essentially, about the different aspects of the game. Opening up was a Zavala origin cinematic, which really pulled the heartstrings, did he? I think it was some of Bungie's best narrative work in Destiny, at least. You got to see young Zavala going through his arc. We got to see baby Amanda Holiday looking up at a <laughs> ship going, that's me. I'm gonna work on ships one. It was really uh, the best storytelling that we've seen thus far for Destiny. And let's talk about what's returning for the PvE side of things, Diddy. So obviously we've got a new campaign. 
We've got strikes coming back. What else? We've got raids, of course. We have a raid. They've confirmed at least one raid at launch. Or not at launch, but like with vanilla Destiny 2, I should say. Patrols are returning. So those little little nuggets of clues and quests throughout the world. Uh, there's also the addition of treasure maps, quests. I mean, those aren't new, but there's actual more quests as well. And then side missions, or I should say NPCs throughout the world with side missions called adventures. And uh, in those adventures, those are kind of like shorter missions with their actually their own stories. So lore inside Destiny playable with new characters, right? That's awesome. Yes, you can actually inspect, Bife was tweeting this out, you can see in game a button that says click to read about the lore. So if you want to read Grimoire in the game, it's there. And anybody's like, man, I don't want to read about that stuff. I want it to show me. Uh, just watch the reveal event. There is way more story <laughs> content going on within the first 30 seconds of that mission than probably half of the first vanilla campaign. Uh, you had mentioned treasure maps. These are all within the patrol zones, the shorter missions that are adventures. But they also mentioned something called lost sectors, which are dungeon-esque areas with bosses at the end of them and loot to earn. This sounds really intriguing to me because when they showed the map, it looks like these lost sectors could be time-based, somewhat temporary. Or if you've played things like Horizon Zero Dawn or Breath of the Wild... You know this sort of sense of going to an unexplored area of the map, diving deep into a dungeon, and who knows how long or difficult it might be. I think this represents a lot of potential for at least the exploration side of Destiny 2. Yeah, I agree. And I think people are, you know, kind of predicting that it'll be something like the uh, the Lost of Light uh, alternate ending for the Black Spindle uh, in Destiny, original Destiny, or that, uh, you know, you go down an alternate route and it's just this extra path for you to do more enemies and an actual Black Spindle reward. Something like that. Also, we're also seeing the return of public events throughout the world. They're going to be even more social and they're actually going to pop up on your map when those uh, when those public events are going to be active and live. So you'll see more Guardians trying to join in and take on that event in the world. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm going to jump out of order of our notes here. You no longer need to go to orbit to select activities. You literally just press start, click where you want to go, and you just go. So there's no more intermediary going to orbit and then going to the tower. I could literally be within a mission and then just go to the tower or be within like a PvP match. It's finishing up. I just click start. I want to hop right into this strike next. Awesome idea. It gets you into the action a whole lot faster. I want to mention too, Diddy, something we as a clan and as a podcast are so stoked for clans in game you have somewhat of a clan lfg feature you have the clan roster in game you can actually see a little information about the clan like their banner which is a custom built artwork thing that can represent artistically like what you want your clan to look like kind of kind of like i don't know maybe a black ops one or two uh mm -hmm. style i don't know how you're going to be able to create it what kind of paint patterns are going to be available to you <laughs> but you can also read about the clan from within the game this also makes me think that there's going to be options to find that clan in the game and this builds into the feature that I am most excited about from the Destiny 2 reveal, and that is guided games. So they, they came out and they spoke on stage about how important the community is for Destiny. And I just have to give a huge shout out and props to Bungie. They utilized so many great content creators in the presentation to really reinforce the fact that Destiny's community, community is second to none. And I just, I felt so good about that presentation because it didn't feel like suits or CEOs talking to us, it felt like developers who are passionate about games and passionate about this world and universe coming together and just having sort of a hangout session. All right, so guided yeah. games. 
it's like games man yeah this is going to revolutionize destiny 2 it's it's just game changer they didn't want to have matchmaking for raids for nightfall for trials of osiris because they thought it would create too much toxicity and i tend to agree with them there would be a lot of toxicity we have talked about us wanting matchmaking before but you can't deny the fact that some of destiny's best moments are because you put together a group of friends to counter you know or to take down king's fall or vault of glass guided games essentially lets a clan host an option for solo players to join in so when you go to select let's say the nightfall and this is a screenshot they actually showed off in the gameplay you can either select the normal difficulty normal seeker or normal guide so let's say diddy i want to play the nightfall this week and you and I, as a part of Destiny the Show, get together and we're like, we really want a third. Let's cue normal guide. And what that means is you and I, as a clan, two people together have one open slot. And we're opening that slot to any guardian who selects Seeker, who wants to be basically uh, along for the ride, coming in to enjoy this activity with us, but all fostered under the umbrella of the clan system. Vice versa, let's say I want a Nightfall this week, but none of my clanmates are on. I can queue for Seeker, and that means I'm going to get matched into a clan that has open slots for anything. Trials, the raid, Nightfalls. This is absolutely brilliant. And they also showed you get to read a little bit about the clan before you hop into that experience. And they want you to, if you have a good enough time, maybe join that clan. Maybe make some new friends, right? Yep, absolutely. They, you know, they've said ever since Destiny's inception that it's a very social game. This tool alone makes Destiny 2 exponentially more social and available to so many other players who didn't get that chance in uh, Destiny 1. Because they said they gave, came out with the stats like 51 or 50% of players have never played a raid, one of or Destiny's greatest content. And this will allow players a much easier opportunity to actually complete that activity. Yeah. I also want to point out, too, when you pause the video and you look at the queuing screen when you're selecting the difficulties for Nightfall, I want to point out you can select Normal, Normal Seeker, which we just talked about, and Normal Guide, but then there's a Heroic Difficulty option for the Nightfall that is not match-made. And then if you actually look at some of the smaller text, it says a Nightfall Pass is required, 10 remaining, no checkpoints, expected time commitment, 45 minutes. And then you can see some modifiers below it, one that says momentum and time warp anomalies. Now, when I see Nightfall Pass, I think somewhat like a Trials of Osiris Pass. Or perhaps they're going to go like Mythic Plus style of, of, I don't know if anybody plays WoW who listens to this, but essentially, I'm not going to explain it. But I'm excited, Diddy. There's a heroic <laughs> Nightfall difficulty. And no yeah, checkpoints! I mean, no checkpoints is fantastic. Yes! That's, that's what it should be. You know? Yes, I mean, that's should Nightfall. When you die, you should get kicked to orbit like it was originally. <laughs> yes. Boom. You're, well, now you don't even need to, Diddy, because you don't have to go to orbit to select your next activity. Orbit. I mean, where do I go after that? Just back to the start. <laughs> Just right back to the start. All right. Let's talk about the new zones. Four new planets. I don't know if you're going to call them planets. Let's say four new zones, right? <laughs> planets, Plan planetoids, zones, whatever. Yeah. Take your pick. The first up, the European dead zone. This is supposed to be twice as large as any previous patrol map. When they said that in the stream, I wasn't super stoked. Like, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but we have seen European Dead Zone artwork before because, um, 
I'm totally blanking We've on the PP pad. Crucible maps on it. Yeah, Widow, <laughs> Widow's Court. There we go. Brain fart. And then we have Titan, which is a moon of Saturn. This is where Zavala goes after. Oh, did he? What actually happened in the first like campaign mission that we saw at the very start of the reveal? Tower got destroyed. Vanguard broken up into various locations, and we have to go find him. That is correct. Gaul came back to Earth. A lot of those leaked screenshots and guesses were wrong. Some of them came true. Gaul has a giant, what would you call it, claw machine that he takes the Traveler <laughs> with and just burns it and pushes it. and it takes, like, the Traveler's light. I think that's the intention. <laughs> but, like, I just want to point out, the speaker, not officially dead. He's just missing. So maybe the speaker is a Halo Spartan. So he's just missing in action right now. Yes. And we got to see first probably five to seven minutes of the opening campaign mission. It was playable on the L.A. show floor. Wow. Wow. It looks, looks <laughs> like the refinement of Destiny campaign missions. Like it looked a, a step above. But Zaval is right there. There are PvE like NPCs there to fight alongside you. Did you get a Halo vibe, Diddy, when you saw Zavala pop the bubble, tells you to get inside, or when Ikora threw a Nova bomb at that uh, Cabal ship? It felt a lot more like a Reach-style scenario to me, did it not? It it felt like I should care more about them. Like, yeah. Here these guys are actually defending people. You know, they're, they're being ambushed, right? And Zavala is, you know... I think his defender bubble's a little stronger than ours um, because he's taken so many, so many ship shots like that. But it, it, seeing them talk, seeing them interact and actually fight alongside us makes me care more. Like, yeah, you just saved my butt with that with that Titan bubble. So if you die, that's uh, I'm probably going to care a little bit more than uh, than I would have before when you were just sitting in the tower at the end of that table bitching at Cade whenever he made a smart mouth, smart mouth, smart mouth joke. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, these are legendary heroes, and now we're going to fight alongside them and see why these people are so, like, just pillars of characters within the story. The character models looked far more detailed within the in-game. The sweeper bot, when you passed him, the audience went <laughs> nuts. It was like, yes. <laughs> Lighting, the effects, all of it looks so much nicer. And the PlayStation 4 Pro PlayStations that were on the, the show floor were playing the game at 4K, which we're going to talk about a little That's bit later. Nice. So, as I was mentioning, European Dead Zone, but each of our, our vanguards goes to a different zone. Okay, that's where they're going to have their own campaign and storyline that we get to explore. So Zavala goes to Titan, which is a moon of Saturn. Uh, it's a methane ocean covered in human Golden Age architecture, which it looked a lot like uh, Star Wars Episode Two. Is the Kenosis? Is that was the the clone planet? Yes, it yes. looked a lot like that. Um, Cade goes to a place called Nessus, which is a centaur, a minor planet that has an irregular orbit. And I wanted to point out a Games Radar article that came out a little bit earlier today, essentially about the Centaur having a limited time, okay, a limited window. So according to world design lead Steve Cotton, a Centaur is a minor planet with irregular orbit, a planet that orbits in our solar system in a weird way, a visiting orbit thing. We thought that was really fascinating. The hunters cataloged this planet, and that's how the Vex built their thing, and now it's coming into our solar system. So that's why it's here. End quote. I wanted to throw that out there because when it's 
You have the world design lead saying a limited window, and it's got this irregular orbit. <laughs> Will Nessus go away in the future, did he? I don't know. Just speculation. Where does Ikora go? Ikora goes to Io, which is the innermost moon of Jupiter, and it's pretty much one of the last places in the solar system that the Traveler touched before the collapse, so before the Traveler was on Earth. Uh, and Ikora is uh, out there searching for information. You know, with with Gaul coming in, taking our light, it, making it go away, Ikora has studied the light and its mystical powers, and that's just gone. So she's very angry, and she's searching for, for answers and information about how we can get it back and, you know, how to fight back with Gaul. Yep. Luke Smith did mention a new raid will be coming, but they're not going to talk about it or show anything of it today. Now, there was some shots within the reveal Vidox of six Guardians running around, and maybe it's from the raid, maybe it's not. Maybe there's a new six-person PvE activity that we didn't hear about. We got to see footage of the inverted Spire Strike, which some of the attendees got to actually play through the entire thing. More Console has uploaded the entire strike. I know some folks want to avoid spoilers, but oh my gosh, Diddy, I watched the entire thing and it is fantastic. We're going to talk about it for just a second. It looked way better. It looked like a strike, but some of the environmental hazards, there's a portion of it where the Guardians are having to run through an excavation zone where there's these giant robotic arms and these spinning death wheels that are circling around like some sort of Ferris wheel of doom. <laughs> and you have to dodge height-wise to not get killed by these things. And then the boss fight, Diddy, what was that like? Three stages, man. Uh, you get to the, the one of the final rooms, right, and get the boss down to a certain amount of health after help, help from his ads, and then he changes things up. Second stage of the boss fight continues, changes things up again as he gets lower on health, and then it's the final room, and you get to take down the boss. And the boss was more mobile, I noticed. It used more attacks. Of course, that was that three-stage or phase boss fight mechanics in action. And it just seemed like a more exciting boss to fight. And it's not just the Nexus turret mode just planted in the center of the room, turning and shooting at you while spawning ads. It's a little bit different than that. It made me really excited. Yeah, so the Shield Brothers strike from the Taken King, you remember, brought in some elements of multi-stage fights, but this is different because the environment is changing. That first stage, you've got sort of a wide platform, and actually you can see the enemy health bar thresholds. You can clearly see where stage yes. one, two, and three begin, which I really liked. Much bigger health bars and, and better indications of where their HP is at. The second stage, floor drops away, you fall down like 100 feet, and some of the floor turns to lava, and at that point you're having to jump onto <laughs> platforms like that PoE bar. I can't remember his name, but where he burns up the floor and you actually have to move Perfect. around the room. Yeah. Yep. And then stage three, floor breaks down again, you fall another 100 feet, and it draws in the place, the play space a lot more. So you have to be up close and personal to the ads and the boss. I was so excited about this because strikes already, I think, occupy a really good space. Like, I don't want them to be 45 or 50 minutes. But I, I did look at this and go, wow, that's a much more engaging style of gameplay. Now, the campaign is called The Red War. And I found it interesting, Diddy, that they made it a point to explain to us the title of the campaign, because I think this will play heavily into expansions and DLC yes. and future content. I think Destiny 2, you will see multiple episodic style campaigns told through either live content updates or through those expansions. What do you think? I agree 100%. I mean, I think what will really make Destiny 2 
years or levels above Destiny 1 is if the expansions actually expand on the story, you know? I mean, that's it's one thing that, you know, the Vanilla Destiny uh, going into the Dark Below and House of Wolves lacked, right? They just kind of seemed like their own thing. Now, if the expansions 1 and 2 with Destiny 2 actually expand on the Red War going into Osiris and uh, the Rasputin or Warmind expansions, that's going to be great. I think that's going to be really, really awesome. Yep. Uh, we also found out that the HUD now shows when enemies have super energy or they pick up the power ammo in PvP. Now, that's not like the enemy glows bright red and twinkles saying, I have super. <laughs> it's actually in the kill feed. Later on today's show, we're going to talk with the Reachway about this. He has PvP gameplay, walked me through how it works, and it's actually a fairly big change. More steps towards competitive stuff, but we still have some PvE things to cover, Diddy. Are there new vehicles? Possibly. We uh, hinted at a player-driven tank, which uh, I know we have the interceptors, but uh, let's be honest, those are on two maps, and they're in rotation right now. They're not always playable. So that's actually really awesome and exciting. We also saw a couple tweaks to supers. Of course, we saw the new supers as well. Uh, One thing I want to mention, though, is the golden gun can now fire six shots, and people are like, oh, my God, that's overpowered. Don't know how it plays yet exactly. And uh, you have a limited time to do it, much shorter time to activate those six shots. And it kind of like, it actually acts more like the last word, you know, where it hits hip fired, it, you know, fans the hammer or whatever. So it, uh, yeah, six shots. I think that's, I think that's good. We saw the Dawn Blade. That is the, uh, the Warlock Super with the sword. Um, and uh, the Pole Dancer. <laughs> You, you tricked me in the notes. It's not called the pole dancer. It's called the arc strider. <laughs> Everybody's the, uh, calling it pole dancer, dude. <laughs> that's the super for the hunters. Uh, it's very similar to blade dancer, but uh, with some tweaks, you get the, the battle staff and you get uh. to, you know, pretend you're, you're Wukong from League of Legends. And then the Sentinel, which is a new Titan super. Basically, you are Captain America. Yes. So let's talk about the subclasses then for a second here. The Dawnblade is the new Warlock subclass. It's kind of a fusion of a couple of different elements. You see some bits of the Sunsinger coming into play here. You summon a massive fiery sword. We saw this in the gameplay reveal. You can jump into the air and hurl firebolts from your like sword down at the ground. We do know they have Angel of Light. And there's an option for you to hold like the circle or the B button or whatever, um, you know, I don't know if everybody plays on Bumper Jumper, but essentially an AoE heal that that you can throw down on the ground, or I think one that actually buffed your damage slightly. So it's almost like you have one extra ability. I don't think today's show we're going to go into too much detail. A lot of folks who played did a full breakdown of the new changes to the subclasses, and that's probably something we'll talk about next week. Now, what, what does the Sentinel and the Arc Strider do? So the Sentinel is, like I said, basically your Captain America. You have this big shield. You can actually throw it. Um, kind of works similar to the Relic from Vault of Glass. You can actually shield enemies as well as you're walking forward. And you can also knock back enemies as well with, with the shield. Okay. Now, the Arc Strider, <laughs> you are dancing with that uh, with that battle staff. I, I'm thinking Darth Maul style from uh, Phantom, of Men- Phantom of Menace. And uh, it's... From the gameplay, it really does seem like it's the Blade Dancer, but uh, but it's got a but but activities. but did you ever, as a Blade Dancer, dodge bullets like Neo in the Matrix? Because the shot that they actually I showed, you're know. advancing towards the enemy, like twirling around the bullets. <laughs> this is true, yeah. So you know we are doing the, the pole dances there, <laughs> and uh, it's each of the new subclasses. I think they have like. Uh, 
an area of effect ability as well as like a single target damaging thing um, as well. So it's a little bit more variety in these new subclasses. I like that a lot. Yes. And Fist of Havoc, it's now plural, Fists of Havoc. We'll talk about that with the Reachway very soon. Some of the changes are awesome. There is a Nova Bomb Voidwalker returning in some form, but it was not available on the show floor. The only reason we know this is because we saw in the footage there was Nova Bombs being thrown. And then the Gunslinger also is returning, but he has this really cool McCree-style reload. So if you guys play Overwatch as McCree, if you press Shift, he'll do this evade roll, and it refills his ammunition in the primary weapon slot. That exists for the Gunslinger now, except it's a little twirl. It's so awesome, dude. He's like, twirl. And it's yeah, a pretty you're not long rolling like too. the shade step. It's like uh, you're kind of just like, like you said, twirling, <laughs> but it reloads. So it's actually useful. That's right. So why don't we dive into PVP stuff? They have retooled the entire experience and built all the default game types around 4v4. I'm yes. really excited about this. Very much so. Map design and the way the game is balanced, it's, it's all built around default 4v4 game types. However, there will be game types that are 6v6. You may even see 8v8. It's not like all game types in the entire game are going to be 4v4. So relax yourself. We got to see gameplay of Countdown. That's what was playable on the show floor, one of the new modes. Think of it a lot like Search and Destroy. There were huge changes to the way that revives work and heavy, weapon, heavy weapons work. The new weapon slots... So you have a kinetic slot, an energy slot, and a power slot. So essentially in the kinetic slot and the energy slot, you can have things like hand cannon, pulse rifle, scout rifle, auto. Okay, all the main primaries that we have in Destiny 1. You can also have sidearms in either the kinetic slot or Mm -hmm. the energy slot. The energy slot is like your elemental slot, essentially. Now the power weapon slot, this includes sniper rifles, fusions, HMGs, rocket launchers actually i don't think hmgs were present that should not be in the show notes i haven't seen any footage of hmgs just yet but yeah, there is the a closest new... one was that uh, primary weapon it was in the primary slot yeah the like chain that, gun uh, that gatling gun yeah exactly mm-hmm. uh and grenade launchers grenade launchers are new we got to see them they melted pve bosses super hardcore uh, there's a higher emphasis on competitive play the map design choices have been changed dramatically diddy a lot in the way that overwatch builds their maps Uh, The PvP designer said, we built the maps first and foremost for excellent balanced gameplay and then added the artwork to it afterwards. Nice. The way Heavy Ammo worked in the countdown game mode. Heavy Ammo spawned at two places on the map and they were little wall consoles that you had to hold X to pick up. If you got shot while you were holding X to revive or pick up the Heavy Ammo, it interrupted and you had to redo it, which I liked a lot. Only one player on your team gets that Heavy Ammo. Which, again, I really, really like. That's really good. And I think now is a great time to bring in the Reachway. I sat down and talked with Taquin. He runs a Destiny and Halo YouTube channel. Awesome guy. Was at the event. Got to play. He's one of the reasons that more console and and some of your favorite Destiny YouTubers (laughs) got their videos up in time. He shared with me that a bunch of people were staying at the same hotel for the event. And the internet was horrible. And so it was taking six, seven hours for videos to get uploaded. But, talking of the Reachway, offered his mobile hotspot to, like, Alan of Moore Console and was able to get those videos up for him in no time. So why don't we jump into that interview now, Diddy? So 
why don't we hop into PvP then? Your initial thoughts on it. How did it play? Did it feel differently than Destiny 1? Yes. <laughs> it definitely felt different. Um, I've been seeing a lot of criticisms <clears throat> in terms of the game looking the same as Destiny 1. And, uh, it, well, as far as the way it feels, it feels very different. Mm -hmm. um, and the same, sort of, at, at the same time. It... The PvP was cool. It was very unfamiliar, sort of, like the movement. It, it it had that feeling where if you jump into a new game, you're not used to the movement. You're not used to how everything feels. And so everything kind of seems janky a yes. little bit. Yeah. So I felt the same when I, the sorry, the same way when I first started playing Halo 5. I was like, what is going on? This feels so weird. And then I got used to it. So I feel like it's the same deal. It felt really different in terms of the movement um, as just like an initial uh, player. But once I played it for a little bit, it kind of became more and more familiar. It's like, okay, yeah, this is Destiny PvP. Um, but as far as the mechanics and the way everything works, I am so happy with it. Um, like the the power weapon, or sorry, power, power ammo control on the map now, it'll spawn in two locations, uh, and only one person gets the ammo for picking it up. So map control is way more important now. And also gun skill, because you don't get to use those those one-hit kill weapons unless you get power ammo. I was so happy to see that redesign, man. It reminded me a lot me more of like, hey, this beckons back to the Halo days. I saw much less ability spam. Okay, good to hear. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, just a lot of lot more gunfights. Uh, basically, I, I wasn't just getting one hit out of nowhere by things that I'd have to you know check the kill feed for. I think the biggest thing I probably noticed... Uh, was there was much less verticality involved hmm. in at least at least Midtown, the map that we got to play. Yeah. Um, like there were you know ramps and stuff to second levels, but it was nothing like I'm thinking back to uh, let's say Bannerfall uh, for an example because yep. it kind of has the same style. And Bannerfall, you have those huge balconies everywhere, uh, and then you have those really tall windows into the the mid part of the map, and then just balconies everywhere and huge verticality. Uh, play spaces and this one you had second levels uh, a lot on you know a fair amount of places on the map but they weren't very high you know you didn't have to like maximize your jump to get up there they weren't very high and it was mostly uh, some pretty solid lanes uh, for for gunplay and uh, yeah it seemed a lot more you know even though it's destiny and it's not really boots on the ground it seemed more boots on the ground I suppose so one one thing that I I've heard and also uh, sort of saw when I look back at my gameplay, it appears that when you it appears that the kill stat is now like a Guardians defeated statistic, mm -hmm. and it works sort of how Overwatch eliminations work. Oh wow! So I didn't I didn't get any assists uh, during the time that I played. Nice. Um, fairly certain that they just work like Overwatch um, eliminations, which is pretty cool. I'm not. I'm not against that, and I, I'm just sort of impartial. I was like, okay, cool. Interesting. Yeah, it seems like they're bouncing a couple ideas off of Blizzard. Uh, anything else that stood out to you you want to bring up? Yeah, something else that was that was interesting, which I don't know how I feel. I suppose it's just for even to further balance supers and also indicate, like, power weapon control and stuff like that. So if you pick up some power ammo, it will notify every player in the game that you picked up power ammo with this weapon. Oh, wow. I believe... <laughs> I believe it'll Specific. say what weapon you're using. Yeah, and then if you pop your super, it'll say this person popped golden gun. This person oh. popped fist fists of havoc because um, it's it's fists plural now in mm. the menu. It's not just fists of havoc. <laughs> fists of havoc. Yeah. So there's a lot of information displayed to you. It'll say I, I'm trying to remember if it actually 
when you pick up the power ammo, if it tells you which power ammo station you actually got it from. Jeez, it it's might. getting hyper specific. <laughs> yeah, He's it's, here it's, on this part of the map right now. He likes pizza ammo. with pineapple and a couple <laughs> of other things. Pretty much, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm not 100% sure if it tells you on which area of the map you picked it up from, but I believe it, it says what uh, weapon you used. Nice. There's also a, a Hunter McCree roll. <laughs> oh, I know, and but he does a twirl. <laughs> it's so it was like a little twirl, <laughs> and it reloads too. But apparently, the yeah. cooldown's like thirty seconds. Yeah, I I totally understand that one hundred percent because it's like twirl. you 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 can't you can't have people just like twirling nonstop in PvP and like reloading nonstop. Mayhem, you know, mayhem in that like type of situation is going to be amazing. Just all these hunters. Whoosh, it's going to be a dance routine on the enemy team, yeah. dude. Everyone's going to be twirling around. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be awesome. All right, man. So, yeah, overall takeaways from Destiny 2. You know, you have a great history and experience with Destiny 1 and Halo, and I'm just curious, what was your overall feelings and takeaway from just the event, the PvP, the big standouts in your mind? Big standouts on my mind. So, regarding the PvP and my overall thoughts on that, I think they've made some really, really um, Great improvements. Uh, I like the changes to the system, uh, the power weapon uh, mechanics, and the primary gameplay. I, I was hearing one of the designers talk about how they, uh, they're they really pushing for competitive, I think. Okay, um, yeah. And they are trying to get that down. They're trying to get the competitive side of things down, uh, and then from there, they're going to expand to different things. Uh, I heard someone talking about that, and I think that makes a lot of sense with what they're doing, so I'm very happy with the PvP. Excited to see where they go in that competitive environment. As far as Destiny 1 as a, or sorry, <laughs> Destiny 1, geez. Destiny 2 as a whole, I've I've seen a lot of criticism of people talking about, oh, it just looks like Destiny 1, and oh, it just looks like DLC for the first game, and everything like that. And I think that's a, you know, while it does look the same, I think that's a pretty silly criticism, because if you ask me, one thing we could all unanimously agree on as far as Destiny 1 uh, that we all love is that it looks amazing. Yep. I don't think anyone has said that, oh, the art style is lame or uh, this and that. It's like every enemy style is iconic. The the art style is beautiful. So they basically took the best part of Destiny 1 and pushed that forward, Yep. which I think is great. And then they're taking the best parts of their storytelling uh, and their PvP and pushing that forward. So I'm, I'm very happy with it, you know, we, that we have to see more. I'm still kind of skeptical on like the grand scheme of things, but it's looking pretty solid. It looks like an optimized version of Destiny 1, which is exactly what I wanted. I wanted them to improve on the things that needed to be improved, and I didn't want them to change things that didn't be, that sorry, that didn't need to be changed, like the art style and things like that. So um, it's looking like a worthy sequel to me. Awesome. I couldn't agree with you more, dude. I'm so on board with that. Well, where can people find your content? Yeah, so uh, you can find all my videos on my YouTube channel, uh, which is The Reachway. And uh, you can also find my Twitter, at The Reachway as well. And that's where I am most of, most of the time. Go sub and follow this guy, man. <laughs> he puts out fire, fire content. Fire! All right there, Diddy. So what did you think from hearing about the kill feed now showing off that extra information? <laughs> it's, it's awesome right it makes it i think more tactical actually because you're like oh crap that dude has a sniper rifle now i need to play a little bit more cautiously or he's got the shotgun i need to stay away from close quarters combat and what he was saying he doesn't know which where he is on the map 
I mean, there's there's the two icons, right? I, I watched a Crucible gameplay, just one, cause just because yep. I didn't want to spoil too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Crucible, so it's not really a spoiler. But uh, there's the still the two heavy ammo icons that come in on the map, so you can see which one's gone. So you can kind of make that uh, deduction that uh, oh, he's he's over there on that on that side of the map. Yep. Huge shout outs and again, thank you at the Reachway on Twitter. Sub and follow him. He is just creating awesome stuff. Best thumbnails on all of YouTube, hands down. <laughs> I wanted to mention too, Titan skating and Warlock skating are both gone. Fists of Havoc is now a roaming super ditty in which you slam and then you run around like a bull and you can shoulder charge into people or you can select a perk that lets you do multiple of the slams. The lightning grenade takes a second to arm so you can't just throw it on a wall and immediately have it wreck face. There's actually sort of like an arming time once it attaches to the wall uh, and the Fists of Havoc subclass can do a deployable cover. It's kind of like crouching height so it's not like a huge tall thing. Why don't we move into the PC stuff, Diddy, which I know you're insanely happy about, and I am too, but break it down. So we don't have the official detailed PC specs yet, like it requires this processor, this GPU, this resolution, whatever, Uh, but we got a a few details here. They're going to have 4K resolution support. That's 3820 by 2160. It's going to have an uncapped frame rate Woo! so it's not just locked at 60 it's going to be at least 60 fps uh, it's going to have full mouse and keyboard support with custom key mapping so if you don't like sprint to be your shift key you could change that if you'd like um text chat make it more social whoop, it's a pc whoop. game you're gonna have you're gonna be able to hit enter and type gg easy at the end of that cruise vitriol match. vitriol <laughs> Uh, and then uh, adjustable field of view, which yes! is, I think, I think that's just like a requirement for all yes! PC games, but it's it's nice to have that finally confirmed because we were kind of worried that it wasn't going to. Yes! If you're coming from console, you don't know what a field of view adjustable thing is. It's, you know, like zooming in and out of your first person view. So, um, and then there's there's a detailed PC settings screen. So you'd be able to change the shadow quality, you'll be able to change the lighting effects, mirrors, whatever. Uh, if you want your car to be yellow, I don't know. Maybe not that. Um, and <laughs> the one that surprised me the most, 21 by 9 ultra-wide monitor support. So oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And, and I just want to say, we don't know exactly how it's going to work because in Overwatch, it does have 21 by 9 support, but it actually shortens the vertical view to give you that extra horizontal view uh, just to make it more fair. And that's why I actually play Overwatch in 16 by 9, even though I have the ultra-wide. Uh, so we'll see if that will change, but uh, super happy to see that. Yep, and they were playing on GTX 1080 Ti's, 4K, 120 FPS plus. Uh, they were using i7 7700Ks and 16 gigs of RAM. Now there's one video I'm going to link on our show notes of IGN showing off PC footage. Now nobody was really capturing stuff on the PC, so this is just over the shoulder people filming. This looked amazing. <laughs> this looked unbelievably good. It really did. And I think one thing I want to mention here, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of console players who are going to make the switch to PC seeing the specs at the event of the 1080 Ti video card, the i7 77 yeah, 7700K and the 10 or 16 gigs of RAM thinking that's baseline. No. No. No, no, no. Nope. That is high-end stuff right there. They yeah, you, wanted, yeah. at the event, they wanted people to notice the difference. So they picked very high-end specs and components for their PCs. 
And like, yeah, if you want to go out and get a 1080 Ti graphics card, yeah, you're gonna to have to drop 800 bucks. But there are people out on the internet right now. They're Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, any social media providing gaming PC specs for people who want to play Destiny 2 on PC. And the lowest I've seen, I've seen a $400 gaming PC that can run Destiny 2. Like, you know, even though the PC specs haven't been officially theory crafted, it's be like, theory it's like crafted, this yeah. should be baseline for Destiny 2 gaming because mm-hmm. it can run current PC titles right now and it's coming out later this year. So, you know, don't freak out that you have to drop $800 on a single PC component and then you have to build it yourself. Let's wait to see the details there. And there are people out there who are willing to help you build that PC if if you're going that route. I'm not saying you have to or you should, but if you want to, there are resources available to uh, get you something in the budget region. Yeah, when the PC release does drop, and we're going to talk about the PC release date delay in just a moment, I'm going to be playing on PC. That will be my main platform, but I'm also going to be playing on PlayStation 4 when the game first comes out. And I may end up eventually getting the Xbox One version of the game. So I'm going to be playing on, on different different platforms. Uh, before we get into sort of the, what we didn't hear and some of the downsides or uh, the negative takeaways from the event, Destiny 2 will be hosted in the Blizzard launcher. Mike Morheim, CEO of, Activ- or CEO of Blizzard, excuse me, did a little short video saying, hey, we're excited to welcome this to our Blizzard launcher. I was very excited about this. If you guys play any Blizzard games at all, you know about the Blizzard launcher. It has awesome social features. If I'm in StarCraft 2 and Diddy's over there grinding Overwatch, he can spam messages at me while I'm losing, <laughs> getting Zerg Rush, QQ harder, you Terran scrub, and it shows up in-game. And I can message him right back. And so all of the social features of the, the Bnet launcher, now they're calling it Blizzard launcher, are going to be there for Destiny 2, which I'm insanely, like, just so excited about, dude. Uh, it's great for patching games. It's going to be very easy and efficient to install and keep Destiny 2 up to date. I do want to note, Blizzard is not hosting servers for Destiny 2. They went out of their way to say that they are only hosting the social features. Servers, at least I'm talking about update and install servers, guys. We'll get to the dedicated server or lack thereof in just a minute. Blizzard is only hosting the social stuff. It's on Bungie for the rest of it. Um, And it's also important to note, too, a lot of people are like, well, anti-cheat for Overwatch is amazing. While they may share technology, <laughs> there's no confirmed word that Blizzard's anti-cheat will be used in any way for Destiny 2. We don't know yeah, how way, it's going to work. The way I like to think of it as Bungie is building your car and Blizzard is providing you with a garage to put that car in. Yep. And like it has a garage door, right, to protect your stuff, but someone can still break into your car. So <laughs> It sent big ripples yeah. through the scene that Blizzard was adding a non-Blizzard game into their launcher. Oh, for anybody who doesn't know, Activision and Blizzard are both a shared company. It's Activision Blizzard. They're the same like thing. Yes. <laughs> so they they while they're separate companies, they're all part of the same giant entity. That's why this is happening. So all right, Diddy, let's get down to some of the downsides that have been confirmed. And some of these I am very deeply disappointed about, but I want to just preface this by saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm so pumped for Destiny 2. These are setbacks, and I'm not going to let some of them slide. Some of them like were like core pillars that I really wanted to see happen, but I still think the reveal overall was just a massive success. So first of all, Diddy, no dedicated servers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, no dedicated servers for PvP. They Confirmed. Have said, yep. They have said that they are focusing more on a connection-based uh, system for PvP. There was a loop For everything, and- yep. Mark's noteworthy interview um, after the fact. 
uh, that that confirmed that um, 30 FPS on console. Period. We there is 4K support or 4K uh, with the PlayStation 4 Pro at the event. People thought, okay, maybe if it's not playing at 4K, it's going to have 60 FPS. That's not the case. It's 30 FPS on console. Period. End of discussion. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, and here's what Luke Smith had to say about this. The PS4 Pro is super powerful, but it couldn't run our game at 60. Our games, this rich physics simulation, has collision in players, networking, etc. It wouldn't run. Not enough horsepower there yet. So he's saying the CPU and the PS4 Pro was just not there, but the GPU can handle the 4K. I want to rewind really quickly to the dedicated server thing, Diddy. They did emphasize they've overhauled their netcode, it's that new updated engine, or it's a, basically probably an iteration of the previous engine, so that they are making connection their priority. Now, I know we've heard that for a long time, but it mm-hmm. sounds like they are throwing SBMM way out the window. I'm sure it'll exist, but they're emphasizing the connection-based side of things. So 30 FPS on console, period. We don't know what Scorpio will be. Guys, Scorpio's going to run it at 30 FPS. There's no <laughs> way you're yeah, going to they... have them allowing discrepancy in PvP of some people on 60 and some on 30. Exactly, yep. What are some of the other downsides? We don't know about progression, right? We don't know, we don't know exactly like how we're going to level up, what the level cap is, how long it's going to take to get there. We don't know like how many story missions, we don't know how many strikes, we don't know how many crucible modes or maps. I mean, that's not that big of a downside. We just don't know that detail yet. So we're going to be looking for that information in the next couple weeks. I would expect something like that for like E3, for an E3 presentation, that type of thing. We also don't really know (laughs) the PC release date. That was kind of a a big bombshell that was dropped on us at this event. Console Destiny 2 coming out September 8th. PC, going to be a little bit later. And they didn't say exactly what that time frame is. Yeah, some of the rumors floating around are November and December but those are just rumors, none of them substantiated in any way, and the delay for the PC release is so that they can build the best possible version. This one hurts. This one really hurts for me. Like, 30 FPS on console, I told you guys on the show before, I really wanted 60. I would take a sacrificed visual uh, experience for 60 FPS for a shooter on console, and I know that doesn't reflect all of your opinions. Uh, in the videos I've been putting out the last few days, I've had a ton of people that he's saying, Dude, are you crazy? I would definitely take a better looking game at 30 FPS. <laughs> For some folks, it doesn't matter as much. For me in 2017, 60 FPS, I would have happily taken a visual downgrade for that. However, I'm going to be maining PC, so it, it doesn't necessarily affect me all that much. I just want to say, like, that pillar for me is like, ow, darn. It did look great. And I'm sure if you have a 4K TV and a PS4 Pro, whew, it's going to look pretty sexy. But the PC delayed release date, did he? <laughs> I wasn't planning on buying multiple versions of the game at launch, but it sounds like I'll be starting my journey on the PS4. Let's just hope that that PC delay is only a couple like of a weeks. Week. Yeah. Like it, it, a week. I'm hoping a week. You know, that's that's my thing. My, my, my cap is a month. If it's more than a month delay, I'm going to get it on the console as well. So uh, also, I, I do want to mention really quick about the PC specs before we run. If you get... A PC, right? The monitor, if you want to run higher than 60 FPS, you're going to have a different refresh rate. You're going to have to get a higher refresh rate. Just want to throw that out there. Anyways, yeah. something else we don't know is the beta release date. We don't know when the Destiny 2 beta is going to hit yet. We still can't even pre-order PC. So 
I don't know when that beta is going to hit us. Yeah, so we'll know the PC release date, though, in two or three weeks. They did say that we'll yeah, have a yeah. finalized they date. They did say a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that'll be nice. Um, we don't know how expansions are going to work. We don't know how live updates are going to work. We know nothing about resolutions for the base PS4 or the base um, Xbox One. Again, we know nothing about Scorpio. But did he... I am actually really glad that we don't know all of these specifics. But Because for me, I don't want to know how the progression is going to work until I play Destiny 2. I don't want to know That's all true. the yeah. fine details of how light and the gear treadmill is going to work because part of the fun of year one Destiny was Discovery. So while I have this giant press tour scheduled for the whole summer, we're going to learn more about specifics here and there. But my big takeaways from the reveal, Diddy, is that they really improved in a lot of areas. Guided Games is going to change Destiny Guided forever. Games is awesome. <laughs> I love it so much. When that presenter was, uh, I saw a tweet from her, Emmy, uh, who was presenting the Guided Games thing. She's like, I almost cried on the stage because I saw you were all there with your friends and I had such great news for all of you. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a great event, dude. I got to admit, yes, I'm hurt by a couple of things or just bummed. Hurt's a weird word. I'm bummed by a couple of things, but dude, Destiny 2 is looking good. I think if you're a fan of Destiny 1, you're going to love Destiny 2. I think if you weren't yes. a fan of Destiny 1, we haven't really seen anything that will probably motivate you to get off the fence yet. That I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. If you have never played Destiny, you don't know anything about it yet, I don't think this reveal would have enticed you. I that's I'm just going to be honest, you know? And it's like you said, you know, you want to discover these things for yourself. I don't want somebody to tell me what that cheeseburger tastes like from the new burger place down the street. I want to go to that burger place and eat it for myself and actually discover how good it is. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. It's a little bit longer of a Destiny the Show. We want to thank our guest, The Reachway, for joining us and letting us use some of that PvP footage and sharing his experience from L.A., and we hope, Diddy, to have some new guests and returning guests on the show in the near future. So where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. All the links from today and more can be found on our website, DestinyTheShow.com. That's got links to our RSS, iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, all that stuff. However you want to listen to us, we love it. Discord.me slash destiny the show is our discord server over a thousand members strong if you were there for the reveal you know we had a giant hype channel that was going wild throughout the whole event and heck hop in there man there's a lot more people getting active again that the hype train is building up and we'd love to see and just meet you play some destiny maybe a strike or two with you you can follow us on twitter at destiny the show to be let known when our newest show goes live and you can follow me on twitter at bbk dragoon same name for youtube Thanks for listening. Have a great week, Guardians. Mm -hmm.